Hey, what's up, camp believers and high performers? Welcome to another episode of the Can't Believe I Made a Podcast. I am your performance coach and podcast host, and now turning AI coaching expert. Yeah, I just flagged myself for that. Deal with it. <laughs> uh, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to part four of our series. I had every intention of ending today's, I guess, part four of some of our AI discussions, but I wanted to go ahead and take a quick break. I had gotten some text messages and some DMs regarding questions about the past three weeks and heading into our, our last installment of our Rituals for Resilience as we dive into the power of AI and utilizing artificial intelligence in a way where we can enhance our productivity, enhance our performance, and enhance some of our day-to-day -day so that we can actually throw ourselves into some of the things that we love most, whether that be relationship, business, creativity, you know, whatever that is. So I had had some questions come up and actually reached out to some of our listeners uh, because I just wanted to well-round it at 10 questions. Uh, I had a total of seven. So I reached out to some of you and I was like, hey, I know you've been listening. Any questions that come up for you? So for those of you that were able to share, mad props to you. And, and those of you that organically shared, thank you for that. We're into season eight and I have always wanted to do an actual Q&A episode because to me, what that means is that there's engagement. <laughs> And so for any of you that have friends out there that are diving into their creative endeavor, listen, your engagement, your questions, all of those things are idea builds for those people. They're content pieces. Uh, they give us something to talk about. Okay. So for today's episode, I wanted to go ahead and take a break. So this will still be part four, but this will be our AI Q&A segment. The overall plan for me is I'm going to go ahead and set the timer for 15 minutes. I'm going to try not to go over that and answer some of these questions because some of them are great. Like I said, some of you who organically reached out and asked these questions, mad respect to you. You gave me a content piece. And the other three additional that I actually reached out to personally, I was like, hey, I need a friend favor. Can you please, you've been listening. Do you have any questions that, that kind of came up? So we're kind of ranging in between like, hey, what are some of the basics? Uh, are there privacy issues with, with, uh, with what we're sharing with AI? Uh, what's the fate of the coaches in the future? So all of that stuff, we're going to go ahead and dive into. So let's go ahead and dive into question number one. All right. So the whole topic here is understanding AI in sports and fitness. So the question came up and was like, Hey, many people hear artificial intelligence and, and they think of robots or they think of some type of crazy science fiction from someone like myself who doesn't really know AI. How does AI specifically benefit athletes and fitness enthusiasts in practical everyday terms? Which I think this is such a valid question because if we look at the broad spectrum of what AI can do, number one, the goal here is to enhance our human capability, not to replace it. So just like I had said in our past episodes, there are some limitations here. You actually do have to apply the information that you're gathering. It's the same thing that when you go out and Google, you can get the, the information. It's readily available. What most people need is the application. Now, while AI can do some really fantastic things from the standpoint of helping you to, to garner some awareness around your mental performance, some of your limiting beliefs, some of the things that keep you stuck, and it can boost that awareness, it, it can provide you with actionable steps, but you actually have to go out and execute those. Okay, so if we're talking about just sports and fitness, Primarily, what we're looking at is really just creating a system for you to analyze the data and analyze your habits and your rituals. 
And that's what I think is, is really helpful. So again, AI is meant to enhance human capability. It's not meant to replace it. So that's something that we need to get really, really solid with. Now, if you're someone who is trying to understand what that role is, we talk about this in, episode, in, in part one and part two, but spend a week tracking your workouts. Spend a week tracking your dietary intake. Ask AI some of those questions based off of some of the food journals that you have, based off some of the workouts. Because if you engage AI in a way where you're having a conversation in the same way that you might do with me, it can provide you with actionable steps and information. But the goal here is to enhance your human capability. And, and the only way to do that is literally to go out and take that action. So really great question. Thank you so much. So this is kind of a play on the first question. I kind of addressed this because obviously I read these questions beforehand, but the implementation piece has come up. So if someone's new to, to, to using AI tools in their training and recovery, where do you recommend they start? Like what's an entry level AI tool or app that I can use? I'm just getting into AI. So we talked about the use of ChatGPT. Right now it's running ChatGPT4, which is a play on, uh, I believe it was 3.5. This is super important to understand because there's a ton of AI tools out there. A lot of experts are going to be telling you like, hey, if you're only using ChatGPT, you're sleeping. Listen, you have to start from somewhere. In the same way that if someone is coming into one of our programs, if they work with one of our strength coaches, or if they're coming into our program and I'm assessing their sleep, I'm assessing their nutrition, their mental performance, their mental wellness, I'm giving them very foundational things to be like, hey, here's what a balanced plate might look like. Show me that you can execute this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Hey, here's what a sample ac active type of day looks like. Here's a step goal. Show me that you can do this at least 80% of the week. So we're always trying to like create some sort of solid foundation. And there's, it's no different here. Because we do want to make sure that as you're using tools, these are tools that are, one, easy to understand, two, can help enhance your human capability, and three, are gonna keep you coming back. Now, there's some apps out there that I think a lot of us have already used. I know MyFitnessPal is, is starting to pilot the use of Passio, which is an image type of AI or, AI or system that is gonna take a scan of the picture of the plate that you use and then shoot out parameters of what it might think your macronutrient profile is and your micronutrient profile. It's it's a system right now that is still being fine-tuned. And that's what's important to note. I think one of the first or second times that I did it, I was actually at a client's house. We were, we were doing an in-person and uh, we, we scanned one of the, I, I wanna say that she created some muffins and she's like, let's see if this works. And what's, what got spit back was completely different than what it actually is. Now for me, I, I, I kind of made the joke yesterday with some friends uh, here locally you know, my wife and I have our, our different, our different strengths. And when my daughter and son start to go through higher levels of grades and math comes up, I'm not the person to come to. If it's writing or science, like I'll, I'll be there. Like I'll be able to assist you. But if it's math, I'm no good unless I'm calculating a 20% tip because of uh, the crazy amount of years that I spent in the bar industry of understanding what it is to, to be in that type of, in, of industry. And the other thing is, is if I'm, uh, calculating calories based off of what your plate has that those are just skills that I've learned over time. And so I'm able to actually do that type of computation in my brain. Like those are the only two things that I could do math wise. So AI is still learning that now, again, at the lowest level, I feel like ChatGPT is a fantastic tool 
that you can just start having conversations. And I know it sounds crazy for me to tell you, hey, have conversations with artificial intelligence. But listen, I'm encouraging you to go be a doer. And because AI is not going away, it's only going to grow and it's only going to, to, to lead trends in how we optimize our human capability. I just don't want you falling behind. So really great question. Now, this other question came up, and I think this might be something for a season nine. I'm still trying to think about what that might look like. But the topic of ethics and data privacy came up. So, with, so the question is, with AI tools tracking so much data, how can users ensure their personal and health information is safe? Listen, I think, especially with ChatGBT, I think it does a really fantastic job of helping you to understand some of its limitations. And in doing so, it'll oftentimes tell you, hey, please don't disclose information that is, that is not pertinent to the use of my system. So things that you maybe don't want out in the ether, you probably don't want to share. So again, data privacy is paramount. While many reputable AI tools maintain a strong data protection protocol, it's not a perfect system. So with any of the systems that you're about to use, make sure that you review the settings and the most used fitness apps. They are likely going to discuss data privacy. Again, massive opportunity here. Be diligent in your safety. That's what I would say here. Uh, last thing, or... Not not last thing, but almost towards the end. So uh, someone asked about a real life success story with utilizing AI. I recently just had a fantastic client. And right now, from a women's performance perspective, cycle syncing is, is really, really big. And so what we did is we actually utilized AI in a way of like, hey, build me what a plan might look like. And then we started testing out those parameters which I think is incredibly helpful because not only did it provide us with an overall kind of global plan of what it might look like to cycle sync as you go through the different cycles that, that most women do, but it also offered some actionable tips that we could start testing out. But the magic of the application here was the testing out feature. And that's what I think is incredibly important to note here, because as we're trying to get really good with the application piece, the human touch here is going to be incremental because that's where we could have conversations and make small little switches. And I think that right there is something that, that really blew our results out of the water. And I was so excited for this client to be able to just be open to the opportunity of testing things out. All right. Sorry, I had to, had to close the door over here. Uh, Next question, uh, adapting AI tools to different fitness levels. This is a really fantastic topic because, again, what I had talked about in the actual you know, episodes one through three is noticing your own limitations and noticing how you can optimize where you are at currently. So here's a question. So if I'm looking at just starting out, whether it be my fitness or nutrition, how adaptable are these AI tools? Can a complete beginner benefit as much as a seasoned athlete or a seasoned vet who has already been working on some of these systems for the past couple of years? The answer is yes, it can be adaptable. However, again, going at the lowest level, what you can use here with ChatGPT, it is going to provide you with insights and actionables based off of your inputs. So the output is extremely relative to the type of input that you provided which I think is incredibly metaphorical to life, right? Because if you're able to put, like create a method of, of inputs where let's just look at your habits. You're sleeping really well. Your, your sleep regularity is on point. 
you're active almost every day, you're eating well most of the time, you're not skipping meals, you're, create, you're eating nutrient-dense foods, you're handling stress in a really authentic way, you're finding ways to optimize your mental performance, the input of, of navigating those things, the output of the result of what you're going to find over time is going to be positive. And it's really no different here. So the input that you provide, the conversations that you provide to your artificial intelligence type tool is going to help you in the long run. So I think it's extremely relative to the type of input in regards to the output that you receive. So what about over-reliance of AI? Uh, again, AI is a really sexy thing. So the question is, is there a risk of becoming too reliant on AI for different types of training or recovery like you focused on in episode one or part one? How can one strike a balance between traditional methods and AI-assisted methods? Again, AI is meant to enhance your, your human capability. It's not meant to override it. While at the same time, it can become something that can provide you with metrics. It can be, become something that can provide you with awareness being too reliant on it where you're actually not taking action, like that's kind of where the imbalance happens. So yes, we want to use this as information in the same way that I would tell you that if you and I are working together without the use of AI, I'm going to ask you to do the best that you can. We're going to come up with methods or systems or we're going to start testing them out. We're not going to be too reliant on the day-to-day -day results, but we, what we are going to rely on is the progression over time. Okay. We want to look at at what that looks like. We want to look at the trends. And I think in this way, when you start to become too reliant on AI is when you start to, and, and I'm actually encountering a lot of this, and we'll discuss this in this next episode when we start to look at your creative endeavors and how to build a, an idea into an actual business. Because again, we can't not talk about the entrepreneurship piece because we are talking to tech savvy athlete entrepreneurs here. So anyway, but again, going back to this, I've even encountered a lot of this too, where I'm just gaining a bunch of information and I have a bunch of prompts and discussions saved, but if I'm not taking action on them, that's where I think the, the reliancy issue or imbalance happens. So I tend to tell people that I work with, utilize small bits of this. We create systems for it. We test it out and then we come back to it when we have further questions or further builds or further prompts that we need to ask. So I think that was a really valid question. So uh, mental health and AI. And this kind of goes at our episode or a part two of our series here. But uh, in regards to mental health and AI, with the tools like Breath or MindDoc, how do, you, how do you see the future of mental health evolving with the integration of AI? We talked a little bit about this in part two, but what I think is really special about this is that I find, at least in my experience and what I'm finding just in observation, it'll be interesting to see diving into the research a little bit as, as AI continues to grow. And inevitably, when the scientific method comes into play, and we start actually seeing the not only just relevancy of people who are utilizing AI, we already talked about some of the different professional sports team that are using it in part one. But in this case, I think I almost think it removes the barriers. So for those who aren't really keen on seeing a therapist or aren't really keen on talking about what's going on for them, I feel like this is a really good option where it removes the barrier of not only just setting up an appointment with a therapist, finding a therapist that really works for you, uh, getting the courage to be vulnerable enough to talk about some of the things. I literally just started diving way more into Mind Sarah after the episode because I was really interested in the not only just the AI mentorship piece, but also the analyzation of 
not only just limiting beliefs, some cognitive distortions, but what I was finding was like the feedback that I was getting was actually really cool. And it's actually giving me really good conversation starters and work in between the work that I'm already doing with my mental health therapist anyway. And so I think overall, this really removes a barrier. And this is something that I think is, is incredibly, incredibly exciting about where we're going. So last question, I'm almost at that 15 minute mark. So the impact of coaches and trainers. So with the rise of AI tools, what's the role of a human coach or trainer? How do they complement one another? Are we at risk of, of having human coaches? Uh, short answer, absolutely not. Everyone is always going to want that human touch. Like I said, AI is meant to enhance your human capability. So you have to be at a certain level within some of the things that you're looking for in your life. Now, if you're someone who's a bit more seasoned on the fitness side, if you're someone who's a bit more seasoned on the nutrition, the sleep, your creative endeavors, AI can be a fantastic tool. And at the same time, if you're someone who's really just starting out, just like I have, have been saying over the past three episodes, I'm not going to discuss the, the utilization of AI or any sort of chatbots uh, in the first six months. Like, I just want to make sure from a coaching perspective that you know exactly what you're working on. You know some of the, the, the fail-safe areas that you need to work on. And we start to explore some of those limiting beliefs or some of the things that keep you stuck. The human element is always going to be there. You're always going to need that because to some extent, even if you're someone who's a bit more seasoned and is gaining information, I think having that human touch is going to really help you to amplify that 1% that AI is going to help you with and getting you to a place where you can actually not only take action, but you create some personal accountability because you're accountable through another person with what you're working on. So I loved these questions. I didn't get to all 10. But I think I probably might make a post about it. So uh, for the additional two that uh, those of you provided that you did not hear your question, I'll make sure that I do you right and, and put that as a post or something like that. But I wanted to keep us to 15 minutes. I think I went to 17. Sorry about it. <laughs> I hope you all have a really beautiful Friday. I'll catch you on the next one. Let's get it.